This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's catch up with Sault Ste. Marie community reporter Dorothy McNaughton. Hey, good morning, Dorothy. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm great. Thanks. So, Dorothy, some big news out of the Sioux. There's a new accessibility coordinator in the city. What do you want to talk in terms of Diane Morell? Oh, well, first of all, I know Diane personally, and she's just great. She's going to be wonderful in that position because she has experience, first of all, serving on an accessibility advisory committee for quite a few years. She's uh, worked for Spinal Cord Ontario. Um, Diane uses a wheelchair, so she's very aware of uh, lots of the issues and also lots of the issues for people with all different kinds of disabilities. Um, She's doing research, she's uh, trying to get up to speed. She hasn't been in the position very long, but she's also already had two meetings of the Accessibility Advisory Committee. What kind of issues do people, can people bring to Diane? That's a great question. Um, Anything that that people experience in the way of a barrier. um, And so I think this is going to be a great opportunity because as you know, and probably most people know, uh, the AODA was developed to identify, remove and prevent barriers. And so, you know, there can be little things. There can be things like a a dangerous street crossing to get to a bus. Um, There can be um, issues like for people with vision loss, like um, sandwich boards on on Queen Street in front of uh, businesses <laughs> that you can walk into. You know, yeah, we know that um, we know that one all too well, Dorothy. Yes, that and maybe patios uh, out on the sidewalk. There, there are lots of different barriers, and for people in wheelchairs, there are barriers that you know may not the city may not know about. So Diane is kind of a great conduit. Uh, for information to get to the city so that these barriers can be addressed. How do people get in touch with Diane? Um, She works uh, at the accessibility office in the John Rhodes Centre. And I know you'll be putting it up on the blog, but um, her phone number is 705-541-7310. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure that goes up on the blog as well as uh, Diane's email address. Dorothy, thank you for bringing us that local update. I know there's a lot of people who are excited, and I'm sure there'll be no shortage of things for people to uh, bring to Diane's attention. Speaking of some stuff going on around the city, last time we spoke with you was ahead of the municipal elections in Ontario. Now, as I recall, you were pretty optimistic about accessibility at your polling place. So how'd your voting experience go? Well, um, yes, I was optimistic. And as you know, I had done some research, looked up information online, so I thought I knew what to expect. Um, So it it wasn't what I expected. Um, There weren't any problems getting into the polling station and speaking to people and, you know, no problem with ID or any of that kind of thing. But when I went to vote, um, I asked for a large print ballot, which had been on the website. Well, no, they didn't really have a large print ballot. They had a large print list of candidates, 
which you could refer to, which mm, is different. Mm, right? Yeah, that is that so, is quite a bit different, in fact. Yes. So they, they gave me the large print list, and that was helpful. That was good to have that. Um, but then when I got into the polling booth, well, actually, before I went into the polling booth, they offered me a magnifier. Well, first the magnifying sheet, which everyone knows is useless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then a magnifier, which wasn't a whole lot better. And then uh, when they gave me the sheet and I took it into the polling booth, it was tiny, tiny print. Uh, even my husband had difficulty reading it. So I don't know whether it's because they were using the automatic tabulators where the sheet goes into the machine and, and automatically gets counted. Um, but, uh, you know, so I had a lot of difficulty uh, trying to figure out the names, and then beside the name, they had a little tiny red circle. <laughs> and I had asked previously for a, a template. I figured, well, at least if I had the template, you know, I'd have more hope of getting mm -hmm, my ex in mm -hmm. the right place. Yeah. They didn't have a template either. So they need they need to look at more accessibility features. The, the other thing they tried to do was get me to vote by proxy. Um, and I said, you know, that is an option, however, it's a last ditch option because I want to be able to vote independently. Mm -hmm. You know, we they, do, we do live in a democracy after all. Exactly. And they were totally mystified by that concept because they thought the proxy is an automatic solution. Um, so I think better training, um, also better promotion of what, what they do have to offer because it was hidden on the city's website. Yeah. Uh, and the way I think they can improve it, the, the one way is through online voting. Yeah, go, Dorothy, go a bit further because the, some municipalities yes. across the province were messing around with online voting. That's correct. And and I know of several people that voted. Our son in Sudbury voted online. Now, he, he works long hours. So even on election day, he might have struggled to get to the polling station. He voted on Sunday on his computer. Um, and, and I know... Um, other people, I know people who are blind who voted using the computers. So I think that's the way this city needs to go in alignment with other cities and, you know, use best practices. Yeah, to me, the online voting thing is the way of the future, especially yeah. for people, as you say, who are on the go. If somebody's working a 12 or 14 hour day and they forget their little voting card at home, mm -hmm. how likely are they to get home? turn around, grab their voting card, and then go back to their polling place. Gosh knows where that might be. Online voting is certainly the way of the future. That said, yes. Dorothy, what you've identified to me about terms of the small fonts and the automatic tabulators, I just don't understand why all ballots can't at least be, let's call it like an 18-point font, right? That, that would just be beneficial yes. for everybody. Like maybe that's not perfect for you or me, but at least that gives us a fighting chance. Absolutely. And you know what struck me was that the eight, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper was half empty. Yeah. So, yeah. You've got so, the space. So why couldn't it be larger? Very simple solution. You're you're absolutely right. And look at the number of seniors in our population, too, who may be developing cataracts. That's my husband developing cataracts and and having more and more difficulty reading smaller font size. I think he told me he thought it was about a 10 point font <laughs> oh my gosh yeah like that that's going to be tough that's going to be tough for anybody to go on the 10 point font like there's no doubt about that one at all well dorothy i'm sorry that your optimism got crushed a little bit but of course we know that you are a lifelong hard-working advocate and i'm sure you're going to be working hard and we're going to be working hard and this will get better for sure for sure and yes. we appreciate yes. we appreciate you sharing that experience i know it can be very very frustrating 
But Dorothy, I know something you enjoy are the get-together <laughs> with technologies. And there's another one coming up tonight. So what's on the agenda? What topic is going to be discussed? Oh, this is exciting. Uh, CELA, the Center for Equitable Library Access. So we are very fortunate to have Lori Davidson, the Executive Director of CELA, coming on our call. Um, it's at 7 o'clock tonight, uh, and you can find out more through Kim Kilpatrick in Ottawa if you need the contact information. Um, CELA is always uh, trying new things, you know, providing information about uh you know, new features on the website or, you know, any number of things. So she's going to be talking about what's new um, and then lots of time for question and questions and answers. And I know there will be lots. Mm -hmm. uh, we love the Center for Equitable Library Access mm -hmm. around here. We have them come on the show every Friday. Karen McKay, their communications manager, who we just yes. adore, who always gives us great literary news and features a couple books for us to sort of put mm -hmm. in our reading lists. Dorothy, I'm curious, what's your favorite alternative format of book? Do you like the audio books? Do you like a nice big font book, a braille book? What, what's, your, what's your favorite alternative format? I would say uh, large print books and audio books, both. Um, and, and our public library has not a bad selection of large print books, but a lot of them are older. And, and I've read through most of their collections. So I've started actually using Interlibrary Loan Plus. Plus, I, I listen to audiobooks, and I also can get them through Libby, which is part of Overdrive uh, through my local public library. Mm -hmm. So as, as well as the books that CELA offers. So yeah. th there are lots of options out there, and you know I'm a big library supporter. <laughs> you sure are. Yeah, we love CELA, but we also love local yeah. libraries as well. So go out and support yeah. both and keep literature yes. alive and well. Dorothy, thank you. Right we on. appreciate you taking time for us today. All the best to you and the family, and I think we're catching up with you one time before the holidays. So I'm not yes. going to start wishing you holiday well wishes just yet. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's Dorothy McNaughton. Just a reminder that if you do want to take part in this get-together with technology taking place tonight, you can email our friend Kim Kilpatrick at gttprogram at gmail.com, gttprogram at gmail.com. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.